you find the house okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's dark out there. Yeah, my, uh, uh, the cover band's guitar player lives over here, so. Yeah, um, the Mots? Yeah. The Mots, yeah. What part of town do you live in? I'm in Buda. Mm. No, so. mm. Well, thanks for making the trek. Yeah. Yeah, you did, You came far. That's it's all right. Buda up and coming. Get to see the rest of the city. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're we're rolling, rolling. Yeah, <laughs> Michael King Cade, the people's kids King King with a G. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get it right in Spotify. Yeah, I made sure. Well, I, I tried to make sure that everybody gets it right with the new logo because it's uh, it's really emphasizing that G. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah. Thanks uh, for like I me. said, I'd been a, been a while, so I'm trying to get the podcast rolling again, and. Um, yeah, you know, kind of just stopped. I didn't want to record remotely, and I just wanted to get back to you know doing things face to face with people. So, yeah. how did uh, how did the old twenty twenty all that go for you, or creatively, or mental health wise, or I don't uh, know, were you thriving, or was that just another hard time for? It was all of the above. Um, it was uh, I moved to a house in Buda like right when it started, like right at the beginning of twenty twenty. And, um, and I'm a germaphobe, so I was pretty, like, uh, freaked out by all of it. Um, and, you know, a germaphobe that needs to play live music in order to, you know, bring in... To live. Pay the bills and stuff. So, um, it was actually got on unemployment there, which kind of saved me. Um, but, uh, I did... You know, I started recording again. I I joined. A, I had gone about six years without finishing a song. Like I had started about two hundred and fifty songs, but uh, I get kind of in my head about, or I used to at least, um, about recording a part, and then you know I'm I work in Logic, so like I'll record a bass line or I'll record a guitar line or something like that, and then like. Oh, so I have Logic Drummer that I can put on here, and then I can put a bass line down or, or a keyboard line or something like that, and then I have like a 20-second song. Like I had 250 of those that I was just like walk around and try to suss something out for them. And uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, my friend uh, Wayne Sutton offered, uh, he's, he, was, he was starting a songwriter group, and asked me to join it and uh and who knew like that whole time all i needed was just a deadline like a weekly deadline to finish a song so i i've finished like 75 songs in the last year and a half so well that's yeah that's high output wow yeah. i mean uh, especially impressive. after six years of nothing so <laughs> yeah I, d I was gonna ask you how long some of these songs take you and, and we're talking about like uh we're talking about this land is your wasteland this land is my wasteland is your new stuff that's the that's the record i put out last year and then i have a new one coming out in december called a scar is born um and then i'm trying to decide i have it's uh, you know it's it's a good dilemma to have like i have two double discs worth of material that's very different like the there's like a harder album that would probably come next and then something that's a little more singer songwriter um, but I also have a project called Suicide Race that is more electronic, so I'm trying to decide 
if I'm gonna follow that up, follow this next one up with uh, the electronic stuff or or the harder stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is there um, anything you're missing about old Austin after these many years? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, because because you know, I I'm probably more of a gregarious person. And, but, you know, I'm also riddled with anxiety all the time. So yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. The, uh, the <laughs> pandemic yeah. kind of yeah. worked out for me in that way. Like I was, I was able to just be at home with myself instead of, you know, needing to be around people and stuff like that. And, and now I'm, I don't go out like almost ever. So, I mean, I'll have friends like like uh, my friend Kelly Kelly Doyle uh, will come in town from Houston, and I'll usually go see his shows. But I'm not out much. I don't like to really go around where a lot of people are breathing right now. So, yeah, I was wondering if you if you still enjoy bouncing around from from the what made Milwaukee famous days. Not nearly as not much. Not so much. No. Yeah, just keeping yeah. it low key. Yeah, I'm getting old. So you guys were going pretty hard and fast in the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, we we toured a lot from 2004 to 2008. Like that 2008 after on the on that second record, we toured like 9 months out of that year or something like that and kind of just I mean, it burned us out uh being away from families like a couple of us got divorces and uh and like, you know, I don't think it had burned me out on touring yet. Uh, I think that was probably the third record that, that did that for me. Like, uh, because I'm just too old to be sleeping on people's couches anymore and, and doing that DIY thing. Like, I feel like the next time uh, I tour, I want to be on a bus, which is essentially saying that I probably won't ever tour again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean... It would yeah. just have to be the right situation. I, I mean, I, I don't want to just go out there and spin my wheels just to be able to maybe pay my bills or, you know, if I want to, we're going to go out there. It's like, and you can do it smarter these days. It's, it's just a completely different climate than it was in 2006, you know, like with MySpace. Now it's everything. Everybody needs to be on Instagram daily, like posting videos and stuff. And I'm not very fond of the camera. So, I uh really I don't do that often so oh yeah you guys were you guys were doing some videos and I gave you I gave you guys a ton of airplay on my old college awesome. radio local show by Thanks. the way Thank so you. it's been a while I've been listening to your music for a long time now and we just hadn't met yet yeah so now this is all coming full circle um yeah uh can't fall off the floor and what doesn't kill us um I was that was a pretty regular staple on my show for a while at awesome. KTSW. Excellent. I don't know. Did you guys ever play down there much or do a Mr. Fest or something like that? Where? At KTSW? Um, and Maybe they, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was a little festival that KTSW was putting on, but I don't know if you, you guys are getting around. I don't think we there, no. No. Um, what city? In Austin or? San Marcos. Oh, San Marcos. Okay. Um, we, I think we played like, Lucy's yeah, back then, maybe yeah, like right. Triple Crown or something like that. But that wasn't a market we hit much. We kind of forsook uh, San Antonio and anything south of 
Austin, which was probably a dumb move in hindsight. But um, so with with Wasteland, with with this record that you just put out, you want to talk about that some and some of those songs. And I, I was re- I do really. Yeah. It sounds great, and I, especially I I, lo- I love OMG and Austerity awesome. quite a bit. Uh, those are two two tracks that personal favorite. Yeah, Austerity was actually one of those songs I was talking about, like where I, re- I recorded, it was like a minute. It was a minute long for like eight years. <laughs> like I, got, <laughs> I, I had, I could tell it, it could be something. And a lot of times, like I, I say, I don't like the camera. I do love like doing videos. Like it's it's one of my favorite things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, but um, yeah. I kind of had to finish that song by writing a video in my head to get a narrative for it. I definitely, you know, it. I I needed those kind of things to push me past the limit on that. Like, OMG was actually the first song that I wrote back. Like, the last one that the the one that I wrote before OMG was Just Run on You Can't Fall Off the Floor. That was like six years before, and I went out to Joshua Tree, um, microdosed mushrooms. <laughs> and uh, you kind of isolating. Were you hanging out with people, or were you just? You're gonna isolating yourself. Uh, yeah, I was. And... I was out there with a friend, um, but like I, uh, yeah, I just I I sat down. I recorded that whole song. Like I wrote that song like on GarageBand on my on my phone. Like I recorded it on my phone, like multiple parts and everything with the harmonies and everything. So that was like that was pretty. That was a pretty nice feeling to have like six years of just blockage and then finally be able to finish something again. You know. Was it kind of a thing like you just wanted to, yeah, just get, you just like, I just need to get this out and move on from this? and Totally, because uh, um, Jonas Wilson, the guy that uh, runs the label that uh, these are coming out on. Uh, um, Mr. Pink Records? Yeah. Um, he, I, I met up with him and I had had like one of the, like I think two of those songs actually were from a session in 2009. So they, they were super old, like Low Down Dirty Shame. And uh, Coal Miner Slaughter was also from uh, around that time, too. Uh, so there were maybe like three songs that were um, they were old and finished, and I had good recordings of them. And that he, like, I, I sat down with him and played him some of the new stuff. And, and he was like, yeah, well, let's, I'll help you. But you can come over and record, and we can just get this. We can push through this, and we need to get your music out there. So that particular record, um, it was therapeutic, and uh, and uh, you know, it it was, it was a lot, yeah, a lot of cathartic yeah, themes, lyrics, lyrics in there. Yeah, and I mean, I think that you know, I was I was just so um, just overwhelmed by the world and what was going on in the world and and uh so it's it's a bit disjointed but i think that it was it was kind of you know because everything was so disjointed and life and everything you know um and it was just kind of put together you know like a decade is a a long time to sit on like a few songs and then write some more songs to fit with those you know but you know all those other ones, the older ones fit lyrically with uh, with the new stuff that I was writing. So it was it, it was easier than expected, but 
this particular new album that's coming out in December is is a lot more focused and cohesive and stuff. So, yeah, I have a gas mask sitting here too. I have one like you're you're wearing on the album cover. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know why I have that around, but I. Um, it's a good thing it's to have. an old navy. <laughs> You'll ga- probably need it. Old na- maybe. Uh, it's like that's like World War II navy gas mask. I, I got that at some Army Navy store when I was a kid, and I've just had it with me for. I've just had it all this time, so it's a garage thing now. Anyway, I think that I one that I had was uh, Felicia Graham who took the the photo. Um, I think she had one, so that was hers. I probably just should get one. You know, I just don't really want to go to. Um, one of those supply stores, <laughs> but the um, I had I'm not very good with like uh, graphic design or visual visualizing kind of stuff like that. But that particular image was something that I had in mind for that album title, like ever since I got that album title. And I guess I'm kind of wordy with band names and album titles. So, <laughs> um, but I thought it was a pretty good title. So. You're like a you're like a Aquaville River, wordy. Maybe, maybe it's almost there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah. We're talking about anxiety, and that's you know, I guess any artist and creator, you know, we just can't. It doesn't, you know, you you need that anxiety. It helps, but it's also it's such a it's such a hard thing to live with all the time. You just hard to manage and. Yeah, as I an mean, adult, you know, you just have you know you have so much going on as an adult, and right. The uh, I mean, it it definitely writes a lot of those songs, you know, that anxiety. Um, but you know, I've I've been doing like the cover band that I'm in, the Mots. Like, uh, it's been 14 years now, and um, I will not get nervous to go on stage with that, even though I, um, you know. Uh, it's 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 kind of it's kind of weird to go play those kind of songs. I I predominantly only pick up stuff that I want to play, um, so we don't have to like field a bunch of covers that we we charge for the ones that we don't want to play. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I had my first like solo solo show like not with a band um, about a month ago and. I was horrified. Like I sat down and like the first song, my my voice was shaking, which was just like something that I hadn't experienced in like 10, 15 years. So it's, uh, anxiety is real. And, uh, and it's, I mean, you've been on some pretty big stages and that's yeah, still, still a thing there that that's there. I mean, I think that it's probably cause like, my stuff means a lot more to me, you know, and uh, I was, you know, I always want to um, show, like, showcase that in the best possible way. But, like, I I was so nervous that I even brought an iPad <laughs> to my own stuff to, so I wouldn't forget my own lyrics, uh, which is totally professional. Um, <laughs> so, but, I mean, moving forward, once I get a band together and everything, which I absolutely need to do for this next record, then, you know, Milwaukee, when we played, we we practiced generally like three to four times a week. I mean, we practiced a lot, especially those first um, three years or so. And, uh, and it's, you know, it just becomes second nature and you become, it's not autopilot, but, but like we, 
it is kind of autopilot because we all kind of knew where the rest of the band was going and 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 we could kind of flow as a unit but you know when i'm just doing it by myself and uh and usually those songs too i'm kind of having to alter um on the fly like where there's a guitar solo and stuff like that you know because um so it's a little it's a little different but um I don't know. I'm, I'm, I kind of got the bug after playing. That was like my first solo show in like three or four years. And after doing it, even though I was like super nervous for the first couple songs, I, I kind of got the bug to do it again. So hopefully I'll get some more. Well, yeah, you got, I mean, you got some great stuff to be proud of there. So you, know, you can certainly, um, yeah, you're telling me what you, yeah, that's your song output of what you were creating in a year. That's, that is, I, I mean, you know, just to start you to be to be creative, um, you know, that's probably a daily struggle. Is that a daily struggle for you? I mean, it it de- it definitely comes in waves. Like, um, there will be. It's almost as if as far as like a process goes. Generally, I am very much, and this isn't how a lot of people do it. Like, I write songs in the box. Like, I write the songs as I'm recording them like um or i record them as i'm writing it kind of you know because i need to be able to um think of it like you know in blocks and stuff like that and i'm usually i'm kind of i don't i don't know that i feel bad about this but like you know having been doing music this this long i'm like there are moments when you need a six minute song or a four minute song but you know definitely four but like generally i'm trying to keep that you know somewhere between 230 and and 415 so if i'm working with blocks you know it's kind of like just constructing it so it's easier to kind of narrow in on what you need what you have left to to add and stuff like that but generally though i mean it's like i will like when i usually like just have a guitar around in the morning or something i'm watching the news and i'll just like record like blurbs into my phone and and a lot of this last record I would just go back through those and see which ones had like a melody or or seemed interesting to me and then build on those um I probably still have tons of those to go through in here and and it it just it's just kind of streaky like sometimes I won't do that for I I don't think I've I think I've done it maybe three times in the last three months yeah yeah, but there was, uh, d- especially during the pandemic, there were several d- like weeks where I was recording like eight of those in my phone a day, just you know, just trying to get little ideas in there that I can come back to. Um, but yeah, I once I you know had to bear down and, and get this last record mixed, then uh, and kind of put some finishing touches on stuff. Like I, I stopped doing the singer songwriter group, so I haven't finished the song in like three months. But I think I'll be back soon. So, what are all the old original your uh, original bandmates from Milwaukee up to? Um, I think it's it's Drew's birthday today, actually. So happy birthday, well, Drew! Happy birthday! Um, actually, he just had a show with his group, Trumpeter Swan, at Stubbs uh, last week that I went to go see. Uh, Jason, the guitar player, lives in Houston, and uh, he still plays in uh, some punk bands there. Uh, definitely like Thirty Foot Fall when they, when they when they still play and stuff. Um, Jeremy Brooke, the drummer, lives here in town. 
and uh, he does a lot of stuff with Graham Reynolds, like uh, jazz kind of stuff. Um, he still sometimes plays with the Mots every once in a while. And John Farmer is in Wichita Falls um, up there. We did a reunion show um, for the 15-year anniversary of... Uh, Continental Club? Uh, yeah, we did one at Continental Club, and we did one show at Antone's. Um, and, uh, you know, at that time, Drew was in New York. So even, I think we got maybe two rehearsals in. And, like, one one of those rehearsals was kind of just right before we played live on KUT. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was... Uh, it's just hard to wrangle. Like that's why it's so hard to start a band here too. But I mean, I have a ton, a big rolodex of like a ton of musicians, and they're all great. But like, they all either have family, kids, a, a job, other bands, you know, and and other stuff that they're doing. So it's, it's. I would imagine it's so hard to, like, get even a practice schedule together. You know, like these days. Yeah, I'm always wondering, like when I go to shows, because yeah, band members are being pulled from other places all the time. So I'm always wondering how much rehearsal has gone in to before before the show that night. Totally, yeah. I mean, me too, because I actually like rehearsal. I mean, I, I like doing it. Um, I mean, most we, people just have to just you have to just just pick up and 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 run run with it. And so that's kind of the yeah. The I norm. mean, like my the guys that I play with, and when I go down to Houston. Um, they're definitely um, like Mott type people where we could just sound check and it would be fine. Um, and they would learn it on the front end and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you play with different kind of musicians. Certain people want want those rehearsals, you know. And I generally do because I, um, I want it to sound really good, but I'm also pretty guilty of just not having my shit together enough to throw rehearsals together and maybe getting maybe getting one or something. So I actually had a full band solo thing uh, to for that last record, and I got COVID like the day before or the week before uh, my show, so I had to cancel it. So Damn. Yeah. Not cool. But I did have a... Not cool. I did get one rehearsal in. It was it was only three of the five members of the band, but it was a rehearsal. So, well, what's the biggest problem you've encountered in your, I guess, in your years in the music business or musical journey? Um, I would imagine it's going to be trying to get back in the circuit or get you know back in listeners' ears. Uh, I mentioned it before. It's it's a lot easier now in terms of their, it's, it's more accessible. There are more avenues to, you know, put yourself out there. A lot of them, I'm not necessarily like, I couldn't imagine like having a TikTok channel. It's just no. exhausting. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they tell people do it. It's just, yeah. And it's just a lot of feel and look narcissistic. Uh, just, yeah. But that is, it looks exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it does just, I mean, being I'm, that on and entertaining all the time. I'm the idiot that's still trying to promote stuff on Facebook. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely well, not on Twitter. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing there. But the. Uh, I mean, I think that's the challenge. I, I I'm really excited about all this new stuff that I'm recording. Like I've, I've I definitely feel like this. I kind of do this every time. But like I I really honestly feel like this next record is 
one of the best things I've done. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of hard to get back in the ears of people, you know? Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, because the inter- just, internet presence right. stuff is and competition. It's just like so much out there, you know. Yeah, I have a yeah, I have something written down here about asking you about your thoughts on just the music business being very uh you know being a commodity and a product, um you know like selling a vibe and people are just perpetuating that on the internet. Right. It's, uh, I mean, that it's it's a it's a cool thing. I'm glad that it's. It's available and it's um, and that's an option for everything now. It's it's like you can create your brand, um, but it it just I think it takes a lot of work, and you know, as you get older, you get more tired <laughs> from you know, and and just not wanting to put all that work in there. Like uh, like right now, I could be happy. I think. As long as people will be listening, like I could be happy just putting out albums and never, not really playing shows. I mean, I, yeah, I, I like playing shows, but you know, I love recording, and that's that's what makes me happy, and and just getting stuff out there too. Because I mean, that's that's the problem. I, I've got so much material right now. It's just like I want it out now. Like this this record's coming out in December, and I want. To have another one out in March. And you're talking about a scar is born, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I want the other one, the next one out in March, but it's probably not pragmatic to do that, you know. Especially, I mean, labels generally won't want you to do that kind of stuff. They want you know six months to to like lead lead time to to get it out there because that's the smart way to do it, you know. Um, but I'm very impatient. Well, you so. got to put up a video every two days, right? Yeah. No one, no one pays attention. <laughs> it's too yeah. much. I need to... Yeah, it's like to stay at the top there. It's like, oh, you gotta, yeah, like a video. dance, do something. Yeah, um, I, yeah, the whole like three, three, three second long, five second long content. I like, I don't understand that. It's like not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. I don't get it. I mean, I've three, I've... three seconds is just not long enough for. Well, it is like, it's an ADD generation. Like, I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. calling it that for a while now, and I think it's definitely come to fruition within this stuff too. I, I kind of like, I, I was never diagnosed with that, but I feel like I definitely have it. I try to use it as like a defense mechanism. Like, I feel like I'm more aware. I probably feel like I'm a better driver because I'm ADD, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take my attention off what I need to be looking at, but I'm watching other drivers and stuff like that. So there are benefits to that. I mean, you can, it's probably going to be, it could potentially down the road make us smarter that we are absorbing more information, but I also feel like it's, everything's just so fleeting. Information's sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fleeting. Yeah. yeah just flying by. So like and making a lasting like, I don't impression. even know what that was. Yeah. Is like you really gotta make a lasting impression, which is I don't know. So that is yeah, but the, like the grand question, yeah, staying just keeping people's ears on your art and your music, and yeah, that is the uh, uh, yeah, like without without cranking out five second videos every other day, yeah. How do you do it? Yeah, it's a, that's I a mean, tricky part. The thing that tricky I've... part of your job. The thing that I feel like I'm kind of going to land Challenge. on is just like 
volume. If I if I put as much stuff out there yeah. as I can, I mean, statistics would say that, you know, something may land. It's, I'm definitely never going to the Grammys. I know that, whatever. I, I never really had that um, goal or anything like that. Um, but uh, I just, I mean, I just want to put music out there. And especially just while I'm inspired to do it and I'm liking what I'm writing. So uh, hopefully Jonas has been really, um, he's he's been very helpful facilitating that so far. And hopefully I, if I don't get to some crazy pace of like wanting to put something out every two months, then he'll help me along with that. So just got to get that, that anxiety, got to keep it out of the way. Yeah, Jonas Wilson and Matthew Logan Vasquez were also working on that. Yeah, um, Jonas. I heard, was he singing some in there too? No. No? Okay. Uh, he mixed, Matt Vasquez mixed the record. Um, there is one song, like the first one he mixed all the time in the world, like uh, when he when it came back, I hadn't noticed, but like I felt like the background vocals almost sounded like it was Matt singing, and I never knew that. I, I mean, I didn't do that on purpose, but uh, I mean, it sounds like. Maybe we can we can just say he was on there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have like uh it was uh I recorded most of it at home. Um and I would, you know, there my friend Kelly, Kelly Doyle, who played with uh, Robert Ellis, I would send, you know, stuff to him for guitar parts and he would like send me back, you know, eight tracks or something and I would just kind of weed through those and, and find what worked and stuff like that. So there was a little bit of piecemeal kind of recording, but uh, uh, the uh, and, and some of the there were like three or four tracks that we did drums at Jonas's place when uh, Cully Symington. I always say I think it's Symington. I should totally know this, uh, but Cully is an amazing drummer and uh, he was in town. Um, for a while and I got him to play on on three or four songs on the record and uh <clears throat> but then I would take those tracks home and then just kind of build it on that so uh there's another friend Misha Hercules who used to play in a band called Boy uh that is that, an awesome name it yeah. is it's amazing right yeah. um he did he worked on a couple songs in there too like where I send it to him and he just sent me some stuff back so oh cool cool man yeah what is um, what's the best piece of advice another mu- musician has given you? You know what? It's probably it's probably not a musician. Um, I mean, or, or there probably is some good advice some musicians given me, but I um, the first kind of the best advice I feel like I've gotten it was from my first job out of college, and I hated this job. It was fucking terrible. I was a <laughs> fucking I, terrible. I was a technical <laughs> recruiter and uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't know shit about what I was doing or like tr- I was trying to get like somebody who programs C++ to move across move his family across town for like $3000 more and I didn't I didn't know anything about the the profession. I didn't know anything about the companies. I I I, I had no desire to really know about it either. Um and uh, that boss, though, uh, it was a very short uh, tenure there. I was maybe there three months before they were like, yeah, dude, you don't know what you're doing. So, um, But he told me, like, you always need to be pushing the envelope. You always need to be, f- if you feel comfortable 
then you're not you can it's it's too easy to get comfortable so you always need to be putting yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable and then make that situation comfortable and you know i i think that that's a good thing just to be a well-rounded person but especially yeah, that's good advice for like music i i mean there's so many bands and milwaukee caught like so much flack back in the day for like not sounding like one thing and i was like fuck you i don't want to sound like one thing i want to sound like as many things as we like you know and uh and i think that trying to push that envelope of of just sonic stuff i would much rather i mean i don't know i i, I would like money but like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah i would much rather have gotta get like, on the trendy bandwagon i'd rather have 10 albums that that are like good songs but they're kind of all over the map because the beatles is you know they're icons because they didn't just sound like they did when they first you know the, exactly the whole the whole trip from like probably literally trip from like when like what they sounded like when they started which was kind of like kind of teeny teeny bobby i guess i don't know um and and those standards to like you know Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and and all the, the stuff that they ended with on like, you know, the White Album. That's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of like territory to cover and do it so well, you know, and still like make amazing songs and all those different, they kind of created genres to me, you know, like yeah. for rock and roll back then, like, like there's punk stuff on, on the White Album, you know. And that's harder as you get older, like staying, like, pushing away from a comfort zone and then, you know, moving and, and living there and always moving away from that and not being comfortable. Yeah. Me. I mean, I guess that's too, like a, a good thing about there being so much out there is there, there is a lot of great music to listen to. Like I have never been in a band that sounds like idols, but you know, I love that band and I kind of wrote a song that kind of sounds like that. I, I kind of almost wrote it to try to get that, Joe to sing on it someday. Yeah, wow, but, uh, wow. We'll see. I'll cross my fingers. Yeah. But um, you know, like there's there's so much great stuff out there in all of those genres now that that you can you know just pull up on your phone. I used to give people shit about well, I listen to everything but country and rap, and it's like well, there's amazing country songs and there's there's very amazing rap songs too. So like, I think everything has have bands out there you know every genre has bands out there that that do what they do really well you know and i think that more people should just be appreciating all that's at their fingertips instead of you know kind of just pigeonholing themselves so. yeah that's good advice so yeah like we were like you were saying so that, the, that advice was just always moving out of your comfort zone and try to push the envelope to and make that comfort moving. zone make that your new comfort zone yeah because then, you know, then you're always pushing the envelope, you know. Yeah, you don't uh you don't uh grow old and apathy, I guess, and <laughs> yeah. Or just like get stale. complacent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but, well, you know, who knew that job could have some good <laughs> advice for me, you know, in my life, but that's that's probably the best advice that I can think of and definitely was not a musician. Or probably the best mu advice that a musician ever gave me is just like, don't do this. 
<laughs> don't do get, this. Get some other job that pays. You you have, do you have some other stuff you want to, to say about the uh, about the record, about your album that's out now? The new one that's coming out? Yeah, or, or A Scar is Born that's coming up in December, you said? Yeah. What you're going to have? I got another single coming out next uh, Friday. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was... Uh, it was really fun, like, cause I, I did the the last one because it was so kind of thrown together with newer stuff and older stuff. I still had um, Danny Reich mix it. Um, he mixed the third record as well. Um, so it was cohesive in that in that way. But like uh, this one, I I just you know it was it was so awesome because I. I had also made an excuse. Like I, I'm easy. It's it, I can find excuses in anything. And oh, me too. And it's like when I was in apartments and stuff like that. I'm just like, well, I don't want to bug my neighbors and you know, and, and you invent and a vent, invent an excuse, build a metaphor, right. invent an excuse. Right. Yeah. So like when <laughs> I moved into the house, like I was like, well, I can record drums here, and my neighbors have been cool about it. Um, so I don't have an excuse. So. Um, so that was really fun to like actually just record it, you know, from the ground up because then it's just easier to kind of put together the way you want it, you know, um, instead of having to kind of do it with multiple people. I mean, it, it was good. I, I love the, the input that I get from, um, from that I got from Misha and, 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 and Kelly because Kelly too like he will just take it to a different world he's just he's like an alien on the guitar and and uh outer space man and he, he will, he'll <laughs> he'll, br- he'll bring some stuff in there but he's like he's really super tasteful too and he doesn't ever really he I mean he can't overplay but like anything that I've sent him to record on he's never overplayed he always just played he comes back with the right thing and he even came back on one of these songs uh, I wanted him to put a guitar solo down. I had like one of my shitty guitar solos on there. And uh, I said, I definitely want you to put a solo down here because there was another one I sent him and he didn't put a solo there. So my solo stayed in it, which it's fine. But um, he liked it. So if, if he likes it, then then I'm cool with it. But um, is, there a, is there a musician or artist you really wish was alive right now? Uh Elliot Smith, for sure. Yeah. Um, all, like, all of my idols are dead, pretty much. Like, I... Uh, um, Jeff Buckley, Chris Whitley, um, David Bowie, jeez. Kurt Cobain. Like, all of those uh, people were extremely influential in my music and stuff like that. Um, like, that, Dave, that last David Bowie record was incredible. Yeah. I, I mean... I would love to hear what Elliot Smith would be coming out with. That that last record of his was incredible too. Like it was. And David Bowie had to be an alien man. Jeez, that guy. I just don't. It's just mind blowing. Um, I'm convinced that like he got the memo. You know. <laughs> like they were like, "Hey, shit's about yeah. to get wild. You might want to just yeah get in orbit." So yeah, <laughs> yeah. He left in time before it all imploded. Um, yeah, just on, on another planet. Yeah, just uh, creatively, artistically. Anybody uh, that can pull off a one-legged unitard, you know? Like, <laughs> Elliot Smith, you know, I, I was, I always gravitated, like when I found him, I, I found him like 
through what I'd imagine a lot of people did through Goodwill Hunting. But I was working at uh, Tower Records in Nashville um, at the time, and and I loved those first like. Uh, well, EXO is still my favorite record of his, but um, oh wait, is it EXO or either or? Yeah, it's either or. Either or is um, EXO is the one after it because when EXO came out, I was I was working there, and I was like, man. I don't know if I like this one as much because it was so what it had so much more than those first three records were just him and acoustic and you know he played drums and there was bass but like it was so pared down and then when I first heard like him adding all of the kind of Beatlesy um, instrumentation I was kind of turned off a bit um, but then you know when you listen to that and and you know going back and listening to it it was it's just brilliant and. That first song on the posthumous record, where it sounds like there is an elephant creeping into the room, like it's it's just got that creaky kind of thing, and then yeah, yeah, um, what is that coast to coast? Um, I mean, that was like those kind of things. Like when I love like those kind of recordings and those kind of artists that can give like just create some vibe. You're like, what the fuck is that sound? Like how are they? How are they making that? But it's actually bringing about some emotion in you, or like some kind of idea of what it. You know, I mean, it just always sounded like to me like the elephant in the room, and uh, I just love that kind of stuff. And I think that he could be doing like amazing things right now. Well, that's what we gotta. That's what you gotta. Re- we gotta resist like that. That kind of stuff. Like what you're talking about is. I mean, that's those like a sound in a record that just can't be duplicated or um, that, that it just like it really just grabs you from inside that, you know, it just resists and goes against the whole trendy culture, do, ever dominating landscape of the, the trendy bandwagon thing, you know, I'm, I was talking yeah. about earlier. And I mean, that's, um, that's, kind that's, of that's like, what we need. That's what music needs. Right. And that's what I kind of feel like the Beatles were, they're like, they're the founding fathers on that, you know, because they were they were making those weird noises. I mean, obviously, I don't think that Rolling Stones were doing as much of it, but they were still doing it. And there were other artists that were doing it, but like they were, you know, especially once they stopped doing live shows, they were like, okay, well, we can use the studio as an instrument, and and they definitely did, and made like all those kind of weird sounds that everybody's always trying to kind of like emulate now um and i think that they were kind of you know they're the ones that fostered that you know that north star and most musicians to try to to try to get that feeling out of people you know you have any other uh, highlight highlights or memories from your tower records experience in nashville i mean there weren't too many i mean I was only in Nashville for like two years. I went to, I, I went to UT. Well, I was enrolled at UT for two years. I did not go to class, and uh, they, yeah, they didn't they, last didn't last long. Yeah, they told me to go home and maybe spend the summer with my mom and and figure it out. Yeah, you know? and uh, and then I eventually moved to Nashville to go to a music business school there um, called Belmont, and and uh, and I worked at the that's how records Eddie George the. Um, the running back for the Titans at the time, because yeah. basically the Oilers followed me up there, because I moved up there in '97, 
And I think that that's kind of cool. That, like that was maybe '98 was their first season or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I saw him at that at that uh, at that Tower Records a lot. I think m- mostly like that. The Tower Records was. It was just I learned about a lot of stuff. Like I, I think that's what the first time I like got into Nick Drake and stuff like that. And I, I, the staff was like forty deep, so like you had all these people that you work with, and you're learning all these new kind of, you know, all these new awesome albums and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, and that's why I've always wanted to work at a record store growing up. Anyway, you know. Yeah, that's a lot of brains to to pick and hang out with every day and, and just talk music. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I, I I really we had a pretty good film section too, so there was a lot of good films that Nashville was Nashville was weird. It was kind of corporate. I think it's gotten a lot cooler now. Um, the few times I've been back, like it was, and maybe it was just kind of it was just because it was foreign to me, you know. Um, but it was kind of just like shit country at the time. You yeah, know? it wasn't like. Ryan Adams, I, I guess he he was maybe playing with Whiskey Town at that time or something like that. But he kind of, you know, I feel like he kind of was a big, you know, uh, part of that that alt country thing taking off. And I don't think that had really kind of taken off just yet. Like Wilco was maybe kind right. of at the forefront of that. Yeah. Um, but not even. It? I think that was probably like around. Um, Still just a whisper. That was probably right. Right around Summer Moon or something like that. Or is that what it's called? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tower Records. I do miss Tower on the drag. At least I'm, I know I'm probably a little younger than you are, but. Um, I'm yeah, 27. You know, I mean, I act, <laughs> I act 27. I'm 27. Yeah. <laughs> so you used to be in Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. Did you get along with the band members I mean, pretty well? Uh, I like, the other I like guys? David. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I uh, Dark Side of the Moon is my favorite record of all time. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I think Roger might have been a handful. Uh, I would imagine he's kind of a handful. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody went to see him. Um, recently for the, yeah, re- uh, he said he, it was great. He, like all my friends that saw it said it was amazing. Really? Yeah. Did they they talk about? They didn't mention anything about. Does he just kind of go off on a like kind of a political a monologue for a while? Or th- that was the person I the person I was speaking with said he kind of was like was a little like aggressive and kind of like took. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. A while. It was quite quite a speech. Yeah, um, he's got a message for sure. Yeah, um, but I guess some people. I mean, I mean some fans want to hear that. Yeah, uh, it's some a platform. Are, yeah, and uh, and I think you know. There was there was one story I heard, uh, oh, it was like a Tom Segura story or something like that, where I think that he offended, he uh, Tom Segura, the comedian, like, was talking about going to that show in Austin, and hanging out with uh, uh, Roger, and I think he said something that was, it kind of offended him or something. Oh yeah. But that's what comedians do, I guess. Yeah, that that guy, I, I guess, yeah, he pissed off the whole state of Louisiana for a little while. Yeah. Was one, or according to him, yeah. So many, uh, so many uh, high-profile celebrity types here now. Yeah, what's up with that? I mean, man, I guess it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always think like things like F one, like Formula One, interesting sport. 
you know, captivating, exciting, but I don't know if it's like, since like it's such a high, like luxury money thing, like if that's good for Austin, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like there's a cap, you know, like. Just everything that comes, like the the stuff that comes with that. Like Austin will probably beckon all of this. It's, I mean, and hopefully they don't do it like they're, they should do their construction is like, I've always said this for as long as I've lived in Austin. It's like they start construction everywhere and finish it nowhere. And I feel like that's almost kind of what they're doing with like beckoning people to come move here and not really having the space to accommodate them just yet. And beckoning like F1 in it just brings in tons of people in town and, and expanding ACL Fest the two weekends and, and having all these other festivals. I, th- I think it's great to have all that stuff, but I think that maybe it's possible that we don't have the infrastructure to totally just accommodate all of it. Just well, I know the, yeah, well, I know the people that live out there by that racetrack are, <laughs> so life is hard when, you know, when that uh, race happens or when, when events, when any event happens out there. It, I know like when the Rolling Stones played, I was just the horror stories I was hearing, like taking people like two or three hours to get home. We've just played. Would just kill the whole night, you know. The Mots have played like shows out at uh, Circuit of the Americas, and we're supposed to be there at like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. to load in, and uh, and just not gauging what the time I should leave my house and wait in that line just to get in the place, like, and then oh, I'm, I'm 10 minutes late. Oh, fuck, I'm, I'm, 15 minutes late or I'm 30 minutes late and just sitting in this huge line just to get in the place. Like it's, it's crazy. I had no idea. Like, so there's no even like special treatment there for artists or talent. That's, I mean, there's kind of just, just like the one path in. You gotta, yeah. There's you know? just the one way in. And it's, it's nuts. It's a, a crappy but, bottleneck of <laughs> it's such a, it's such a big place, but yeah, there's just that one tiny little one way in and out. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. I mean, that that's kind of like a, how I feel. Like Austin has always kind of done it. Just we'll figure it out. We'll just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just figure it out later. <laughs> Is there something you've been listening to that's been really sticking out to you? Or there was. Uh, I mean, Idols was. That's been impressive. Soundtrack. I haven't even really dove into this last record, but. Um, the one right before, like, I was listening to it every day for, like, two years. It was – and then I I, I was kind of late to that, so I got – I was able – I kind of like it when that happens, so you can dive back into the older albums and stuff like that and, and like, embrace it all at the same time. I, But it's kind of – it's kind of weird, like, when I get – when I latch on to an artist, it's – it's not as it's not as often as it it used to be back in the day like i it happens like every 8 months or so maybe every year where i'll find something i just really love and i mean i'm i'm not really on spotify unless i uh i'm trying to i have new songs i need to learn for the band and stuff um you find someone that's been to hell and back and you can feel it and hear it in their music and That'll grab you. Yeah. I mean, and Idols, I, I got to see them when they played Stubbs, and they put on, like, such a really uh, it was an amazing show. I, 
I can't. I don't think I ever got to see him at Mohawk, but I bet you that would have been an amazing show. Um, Rowdy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's kind of weird too. I hate that I don't. You know, with the pandemic, I don't go out as much because I'm sure there are a lot of live shows. A lot, a lot of times too. Like, what will make me latch onto an artist is seeing them live. You know, you see the show and then you experience it, and and then it kind of right, right. gets into you. And yeah. Which I guess is a reason why I should probably put a band <laughs> get back out there and, a little bit, and play yeah. some shows. But um, yeah, I'm talking. This is a therapy session. I'm talking myself into what the, what I need to do. <laughs> with my life. It, it is, man. Well, you're, you know, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess an an interview can be therapy. Yeah, it's <laughs> we've, I, I'm talking about anxiety and. <laughs> right or just talking to not my no. dog you know <laughs> <laughs> or the tv but uh yeah I, I i definitely need to uh i with all the anxiety and stuff like that a lot of uh my spare time is um just trying to when i when i i this is another reason why i think i probably had add or something is i cannot study i cannot read i cannot pay attention to one thing if i'm listening to music that has lyrics or if it's too interesting like if i need to get shit done i need stuff that is not like it's not too interesting i i usually need it kind of like some kind of chilled out it can be synthy or it can be you know just landscape Am- ambient ambient kind of stuff i mean i i probably do best with that but I, I can't have anything else going on to like distract my attention. Like if words come into the picture and music, then that's what I'm paying attention to. And I can't. There's too much done. theater going on in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I, I was all that way. I was always that way in college. Like I couldn't study with music going on, but I sometimes when I really, I'm, I'm all about to do lists. And when I'm really, when I, bear yeah, down me, yeah, me too. Lists, it helps. Like just having some ambient stuff back there definitely helps me. It's just nice to like check things off a list, you know. You just feel good, I guess. It's, it's like amazing. A, it's an amazing feeling, very satisfying. Yeah, I got like one. I try. I've, I've narrowed it down. I used to have, um, I used to have apps, you know, where you just put the litany of all the stuff you got to get done um, on there and check them off. But and then I would use like the legal pads, and then the, I could just you make something a list that's like thirty deep. You can kind of it can it can be too daunting and you won't even accomplish anything. So I started using the small pads and then just put down twelve things. Yeah, knock out those twelve things that day. It's doable. It's manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to feel. You know, it's nice to feel in control when life is out of control. Uh, you have to find small ways to do that. Small victories. Small victories. Yeah, yeah. So. I think we're almost we're almost kind of at an hour, so we can kind of you know we can kind of wrap up. But I do have one more question. Mm-hmm. So if you're a recar- um hang on, if you're a reincarnated as some animal, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. I'm afraid of heights, so I don't think it would be a bird. Um, yeah, a bird is always tempting. I mean, that'd probably be cool. I guess if if you. It's a tempting choice. You're just if you're thrown to the wind, then you got to figure it out. I wouldn't necessarily want to be an elephant. 
I'm just telling you all the things I don't want to be. Um, not a snake. Um, not a snake. <laughs> you got a, uh, it's hot snakes. I do love hot snakes. Um, the band, uh, that's their last record was really great. You know what? I don't, I, that's a, that's a tough one. Monkeys are cute. I mean, you have one right there, and I, I wonder how many people. Oh shit! There's a monkey in here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's got nice. Oh, he's up by. Yeah, he's with Elvis. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going dog. I think I'm going dog. Yeah, dog's pretty good. I think that's the best. I don't know. To me, yeah, bird. Bird would be great, but yeah, dog. Pretty great. You know, that's. I mean, cats. Reincarnation. Cats seem to have their shit together, or at least they think they do. Um, <laughs> But dog is probably pretty primo um, stuff if you get taken into a nice home. Monkey would be cool though. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Elvis. I don't know. Is that an is that an animal? Who's an animal? <laughs> Any final thoughts here in our therapy session? Uh, how did I do? You did. Yeah. You did well. Okay. You did. We did. Cool. We did good. We did well. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Should do it more often. Yeah, it was great to. Yeah. Yeah, you said, yeah, when you walked in, you're like, oh, I don't, <laughs> haven't done an interview in a long time and very long been time. at my been at my house. But you, you did. Oh, the thoughts. You, yeah, you the probably, dark, dark thoughts. Did probably save me from giving myself an ulcer tonight on election night, so. Oh, good. I can, uh, at least I did that. If I, you know, if I did any kind of job here, I, <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, it was great to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me.
To know 